Hi guys, welcome back to Uncharted Faith. Today what we're going to talk about are our scars. And uh, I'm not going to necessarily talk about how they got there, but the power that they also hold. And sometimes the very same thing that has held us captive can also be the very same thing that sets us free. And I'm going to tell you how, so stay tuned. Thanks guys for tuning in. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, about our faith and part of my heart with this podcast is to share my faith and my recovery journey. And I grew up in religion and I had a very bad taste in my mouth, um, about who God was for a very long time. And in fact, just even saying those words, it brings me back to a moment when I was living in Oklahoma city and I just was very... I was very depressed. I had internalized the hatred and, and some of the hypocrisy and honestly, a lot of the confusion because not necessarily hatred. It wasn't like I was, you know, picked on or bullied or my family was shunned or anything like that. But there was just a lot of confusion that went on because people would say one thing and then they'd do something else and nobody seemed to be honest with each other. Nobody would really talk about what was going on in their own lives. And so we'd sit in church and I'd sit in Sunday school and they'd teach a lesson about you know, whatever it is, uh, let's just say honesty. And I didn't quite understand it because I felt like nobody in those rooms were being honest. And I didn't quite know how to, to put that into words or to put that into whatever. But all I felt was this confusion on the inside. Like, why is everybody hiding? And so, you know, I remember as a kid, like just being very confused. So part of my heart with this podcast are those of you that have been, have been hurt, traumatized, or whatever about religion and you have this bad taste in your mouth about people that go to church or people that call themselves Christian, this podcast is for you. Or if you've, if you've ever encountered something in your faith journey where it just turns you off from who God is. And, you know, I have been there and I've sat there and I sat there for a long time. And so part of my heart in this podcast is for those of us that have been traumatized, that it doesn't have to stay there. It doesn't have to look like that for the rest of our lives. And the reason why I say that and the reason why my heart is for that is because I believe that we have given God a false identity. I believe that a lot of people have sold this fictional version of God that it has to look a certain way and it has to sound a certain way and you have to go to this certain denomination and it has to, and it doesn't have to. The God that I know says that he's not willing that any should perish. The God that I know that you could call him God, you could call him the universe. But if you're on your knees praying to something that's greater than you, I think that my God is just big enough. In fact, I know that he's big enough to even hear those prayers. It's not that God cares if you go to the Methodist church, the Catholic church, the Baptist church, the non-denominational. It doesn't matter. What matters is our relationship with who God is. And I find who God is in the pages of the Bible. And I find who God is by getting on my knees and saying, not my will, but yours be done. And it started with the very first prayer in January 27th of 2018, when I said, God help. And on that day, I asked Christ to be my savior as well. And I had spent years at that point, years. And even from that point, it took me about another seven years to really fully grasp and understand just a little bit who God is, because if I could really explain him away, it, it just, he wouldn't be God. You know, I can't explain how things have happened in my life. I can't explain how, you know, the addict that's supposed to be dead is, is alive and well. Like I can't explain certain things to you. All I know is that he's there and he cares for you. And that's part of my message today as well 
is that no matter where you're at in your life, whether you believe in God as, as the God of the Bible and the blood of Jesus that covers your sins, or whether you believe maybe a little bit more agnostically and you believe something's there, it doesn't matter that the God that I know loves you and meets you exactly with where you're at. And it's just a matter of having this open-mindedness and having this willingness to say, well, maybe maybe I don't understand it all. And maybe, maybe if we could let our hurts and those things that have guided those decisions, take a back seat just for a moment so that we could sit down and pray something as simple as God help or or, will you show me who you are? Whatever it is, just be genuine with it. And that is what started my journey with, with my relationship with God as I understand him is that I was in a place in my life where I just, I want like happiness hurt. And I thought that I would never smile again. And I was really upset and I was really just downhearted. And it was the first time um, I had been physically abused by someone. And I just, I wanted to die within my own skin and I couldn't. I just didn't know how to make that work. And I just remember thinking that I would never draw again. I'd never smile. I wanted to get rid of my Star Trek posters, all these things, right? And because I just couldn't understand how another human being could put their hands on another human being, um, And then smile at you and say that they loved you. I didn't understand that. And I just remember this particular night, I was, uh, I was in a rehab and, uh, and my mom, uh, you can come home, but you got to go to rehab. I was in this rehab and I just smiling hurt. And I just remember someone from Northern Kentucky that I'd met in South Florida had told me that the only way that he made it through was by getting on his knees. And I didn't even really know if I believed it, but I got down on my knees beside that bed and I said, God help. And that was the only thing that I could muster. And it was the first genuine prayer that, that I had really prayed. And so fast forward a couple of years later, I'm trying to figure out like, what does a relationship look like? I don't even know what a relationship is. I know how to exist. I know how to have a conversation, but what is a, what is a relationship? How do you trust? And everything is a process. It doesn't happen overnight and it's not going to happen overnight. But if you just have that willingness and that desire that says, you know, I don't want to feel this way forever. I don't want to feel this, this hurt, this pain, this anger that I have, you know, if there's just a little bit of you that's willing to let that go, then, then this, this is the right message for you. And so, um, so that was kind of all a small introduction as to part of why I do this podcast is because for a very long time I hated God, but I didn't really hate God. I was more angry with God. And, um, and quite honestly, I <laughs> didn't like people. Um, I remember my motto at like 14 years old was that life sucks and people sucks. Just deal with it. And, um, and that wasn't something I verbalized, but it was something I internalized. And, uh, and I just, that was my motto. And today I understand that I can't change you. The only thing that I can offer someone is my experience, my strength, and my hope. Uh, because I have hope today and I have strength today and uh, we've all got the experience. And, um, and so today I'm going to talk about turning, turning our, our scars, um, into our weapon and we don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to live there anymore. And right now I'm in a season in my life where God is teaching me and stretching me to trust him. And it's hard and it's uncomfortable because that means that I have to let go of the control that I think that I have. And someone had posed the question the other day, if you were to die and God were to show you like, hey, you could have had all of this if you had done, you know, if you had trusted me or if you had. And I was like, oof, I would not want to see that, that video. 
because so many times I think that by me holding on to that control, whether it's my anger, whether it's my hurt, whether it's my wounds, my alcoholism, whether it's my pride, my ego, um, any of that, like, I feel like if I, if I'm able to hold on to it, that somehow that makes me in control and it's just not true. And so today I'm going to talk about letting go and letting God. A lot of us have scars, whether they be emotional or whether they be, um, physical. I've got a couple physical scars. Um, both of my thumbs have been vastly injured. And, um, and so I remember one time I was working at Chick-fil-A and it's embarrassing for me. Like one's a knife wound in my right hand. And, uh, and it severed some nerves, so I don't have full access. And the other one, someone almost broke my hand. I was trying to pull them off me. And um, and I don't say that looking, whatever. So it, it just, they're injured. And so I remember working at Chick-fil-A, like, hey, Ruth, can you go do the fries? And, and I can't. I physically can't because it hurts my hand too much. You know, but when I say that, it brings up this, this PTSD, right? It brings up this, this shame and this guilt of, of how the hand was injured. And really the, what, what that's revealing to my soul and my spirit today says that I haven't faced that yet. I haven't walked through that incident, that trauma yet. And so how can we take our scars and our traumas or some of these things that do cause PTSD? Um, how do we take those things and we let go and let God? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with saying it is a process and acknowledging it and being able to say, God, help is a very awesome way to start that. And so I, I think of this hand injury that I have. It's in my left hand and I'm ambidextrous. So I use my left hand for a, a lot of things, actually. And so I had to learn to, to live with the weakness. I had to learn to live or find ways to make it stronger, right? So there are certain things in our lives that we're limited by, right? So I am limited as to what I can do with my left hand, but that doesn't mean that my left hand is just dead and I'm going to cut it off, right? So for me, what I found was ways to work around it. So then I had to train my right hand to do some of the things that my left hand did and vice versa and whatever. And so I've learned to live with it. Um, when I was born, I was born with uh, deformed feet, nothing crazy or whatever, but uh, I'm a twin, and so our feet were kind of squished in the womb, and so I had to have surgery to recorrect my first metatarsal bone, my big toe, and um, to shave off the bone and reposition it so it, it would be straight. Well, um, over time, it's gone back to where it was, and ever since I was probably about eight or nine, like my feet just hurt. Like they hurt with shoes and whatever. I'm, I'm not the girl that's going to wear those six-inch stilettos. You want to wear them, God bless you. I, I physically can't. It hurts too much. And, um, and I've had to learn to live with that. I was in a very toxic relationship at one point where he just, he would guilt and shame me for not wearing heels and not being feminine. And so I would try to wear them and they hurt. And so I've accepted certain things about my limitations and said that this is not who God created me to be. And I've learned to, and I'm learning Okay, it's still a process to be okay with that. Now, why am I talking about these things? They're, they might seem a little silly to you. Um, for me, my feet are not a silly thing just because like they, every day my feet hurt and, and it's just, a, it, but it's something you learn to live with, right? Um, and so there's certain things in our lives that we can't change, right? I can't go back and, you know, fix some of these things. I can't go back to when I was born and fix the feet that I was given, um, and there's also some things in my past that I can't go back and undo. What happened yesterday cannot be undone. So I am sitting in the present on March the 24th of 2023. 
there, I can't go back and do anything about before five o'clock this morning when I woke up. I can't go back and undo any of that. And so what do I do with what I'm given in my present? What do I do when certain things get triggered? What do I do if I have another injury? What do I do if I, if something pokes at that emotional scar that I'm, I'm holding on to that says you're not valuable? Well, fast forward to my present, I'm in the middle of, of buying a home and I've started a business and I'm, I'm doing these things that I feel that God has opened the doors for me to, to do and to start. And there's a lot of insecurities there. And sometimes they get covered with frustrations and, and chaos, or I don't understand why I'm tired or why I'm frustrated. And just getting on my knees and handing things over to God, God revealed to me, he was like, baby girl, he said, you are still holding on to that, that lie that you're not enough. And so yesterday I went to go listen to something because I was feeling very down, downhearted and, um, and I went to go listen to my girl, Sarah Jakes Roberts and God just, he, there was a check in my spirit and I felt like he was trying to tell me that it's already in you. You don't need to sit here because here's what I do. Sometimes I'll put on a sermon and I've seen other people that call themselves Christians. Um, people that are Christians that, that do this, they'll go and they'll put on a sermon, a Stephen Furtick sermon while they're getting ready, or they'll do this and they'll do that. But what I noticed for myself, I can only speak for myself is that I was putting that on like a bandaid and I was using that rather than getting on my knees and talking to God myself. I was doing that rather than looking at my own heart to be examined when David says, created me a, a new heart, a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. When I pray that prayer, and I mean that, God's going to start doing some changes. He's going to start revealing some things and bringing some things to the surface that are uncomfortable to look at. I don't like looking at you know, my, my sex life. I don't like looking at my romance life. I don't like looking at my pride and my ego. I don't like looking at these lies that say that I'm not enough, right? Because if I look at those things in the mirror and God starts to reveal those things to my heart and to my spirit, what he's saying is now, baby girl, it's time to change. Well, God, I don't know how to do that. He says, well, that's great. That's what I'm here for, right? Let me show you the next right step. And so yesterday when I went to go put this Band-Aid on something, God said, no, baby girl, that's already in you. And he said, it's not time to sit here and to listen anymore. It's time to start doing. He said, I need you to start declaring over yourself that I am enough. And it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the bank account says. It doesn't matter what the past relationship says. It matters what you say about yourself today. And he says, I have called you to higher ground. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works so that my soul knows right well. God says, I have already saved you. I've already called you. I've already redeemed you. You're already already forgiven. You already are enough. And so he gave me an option yesterday, like he did every day, but normally I just kind of ignore it and just move along my day, carrying this insecurity with me because it's comfortable because I've learned to live with the brokenness. I've learned to live with the bad feet and I've learned to ignore the pain. And God says, you're going to stop ignoring the pain today because if you really want something different, if you really want to be impactful with your business, if you really want to make a difference in your life, you're going to have to face the pain and stop ignoring it. He says, I need you to declare over that pain that I am enough. I am who God says I am today. I am not those lies. I'm not those insecurities. I am not and, and so I started declaring these things and I had a friend that called me yesterday or something and just, I'm over here, you know, preaching to her for a minute and just getting all excited because here's the thing, like sometimes, right, when life calls us to have background checks done, not all of us can be like, well, I don't have anything on my background. That's not my story. 
And that's not some of the people that are in my inner circle. That's not some of their story either. And some of their stuff is 20, 30 years back. And, you know, and so she, so, but here's the thing, like when you do have something in your background, not only is it a black spot on your record, not only do people judge you by that, but then also when it comes up, it's one of those triggers. It's one of those pain triggers because all of a sudden that past that we thought that was dead and buried is coming back to haunt us. And so when she called me and she was worried and she was stressed, I said, no, ma'am, we don't do that today. I said, God is calling us to say, you know what, no matter what happens with this background check, whether doors are shut, that just means that God's going to open something else. And that's not always the case. Like just because the door shuts doesn't mean that God's going to open something else. Sometimes we got to break through the roof or open up a window and do it ourselves because that's what God's called us to do. He wants us to put the work in. So God's not always just going to magically open another door for you. I just need to clarify that common misconception that when a door shuts, because sometimes God says, now you need to get to work. Sometimes God says, I need you to deal with that pain from that divorce. Sometimes God says, I need you to deal with the pain from losing that child before I can clear this path. Because what he's saying is that pain was designed to bring you strength. He said, that wasn't necessarily the route that I wanted you to take. That wasn't necessarily what I wanted you to do. I didn't want you to end up in handcuffs. I didn't want you to lose a child. I didn't want you to do those things. He said, but these are now a part of our past. This is now a part of who you are. So I need you to face that pain and walk through it. Funny enough, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendo, Abednego get thrown into that fiery furnace back in Daniel, they were bound and they were set up. God didn't create some magical tunnel for them to go under the fire, to go around the fire, to escape the fire. He sent them into the fire. And sometimes God sends us into the fire and it's going to get hot and it's going to get uncomfortable, but God wants to know where you stand in your life. If you're willing to stand against those giants, if you really want those generational curses of that trauma and that depression to be broken off your life and your children's life, God says, can you handle a little bit more heat? Because in order to change, I'm going to need to call you to that mirror and that mirror is going to reveal some things about you, but no baby girl, no son that I am with you and that I'm with you always and that we are not doing this alone. And then when you go through that fire, that fire is only going to singe those things that are binding you, those things that are controlling you, those things that tell you that you're emotionally dead, those things that tell you that I can't have this relationship, those things that are telling you that you'll always have to stay there and you'll always have to live with this PTSD and you'll always have to live with these scars and you can't go back and be there for your father's funeral and you can't go back and be there when your mom had cancer. Those lies and those scars want to come with you because it's more comfortable because you know who you are there. And God says, I need to break some things off of you. So now that you know who I have called you to be, because there are things within you that are supposed to give you strength and right now they're just keeping you stuck. We cannot go back and undo what we did yesterday. We cannot go back and undo the traumas. I can't go back and keep that man from touching you. I cannot keep what happened in my family with my sister in a school. I cannot go back and undo those things and I hate that because that means that I don't have that control. But God says, if you can just hand this over to me, I have meant what man, what man has meant for evil. God can take it and turn it into good. And that sounds really crappy sometimes because I'm like, well, the bad thing shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't be walking around with these scars. And then now I'm sitting in a place of entitlement because the world owes me something. 
right? When I go through and I take and I use people and I manipulate people and I try to manipulate the system to get what I want because I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, I'm whatever, I deserve this. God says, I can't, I can't enter into that because that's your pride and that's your ego. But the Bible says that if we are willing to die to ourselves, if I'm willing to die to those scars just for today, right? If I'm willing to die to that insecurity and that lie that says that I'm not enough just for today, I don't have to do this for the rest of my life. I just have to do this right now, right? Because when someone, when I entered into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, okay, to break my own anonymity, whatever, when I entered into those rooms, they're like, oh, you're never going to be able to drink again. I was like, whoa, hold on. Hold on a minute. Well, what do you mean? Because here I am looking at the big picture. Here I am saying like, I don't know if I can do that was really what was going on. It was the fear that was gripping me that says, I don't know how to do that because I use the alcohol to shut the world up when it doesn't make sense. And I firmly believe that had I found alcohol in high school, then I would have found it a lot sooner because life didn't make sense. And when I drank, I was able to shut up what was going on on the inside. And now that, now that I don't drink and now that I live a life of recovery, now that I'm working through some steps that reveal to me who I am, and I don't do it alone, I do it with, with a sponsor, I do it with people from my church, I do it with people in my friend group that I call family, right? The beautiful thing about friends is that we get to pick our family. I love my family, right? But there's certain people that are willing to go to war with you. And that's what I needed. Because if I looked at my life with my scars by myself, like for the longest time on my right, on my right hand, if I gave you a thumbs up, it looks really freaking weird, right? Because my thumb doesn't bend back. And for the longest time, it, I couldn't even get it straight now, right? And it was an insecurity of mine that says it's broken. But now I find beauty in my scars. You show me my limitations and I'll show you my God today. You show me my insecurities and I'll show you the truth today because that's what God is calling me to do. I can't stay stuck anymore. I can't allow it for the longest time I did. But even yesterday, the past, this whole week, I have been going through struggle after struggle after struggle with the money in the bank account and what's going on and I'm buying a house. And these are all great things. And I'm sitting here and other people are more excited about this for me than I am. And God is saying, baby girl, like you're the one choosing to do this right now. You're the one choosing to stay stuck. You're the one choosing to stay in your misery because what God has called me to do, he's going to walk me through and he's going to provide. And God said, baby girl, if you had the money in the bank account right now, he said, you wouldn't need me. He said, right now we're growing your faith. Right now we're stretching your trust in who I am. And right now we're also breaking off some of those some of those lies that you've, you've decided that you've wanted to hold on to. And part of that is saying, well, I just don't know how to enjoy it right now because meh. And I'm complaining and I hear myself and I was like, that sounds disgusting. I'm never going to get a time. I'm never going to get this time back. I'm never going to be able to buy my first house again. And so right now I get to choose and I get to learn how to enjoy that, how I get to enjoy the journey and the process, even when I don't understand what's going to happen next. And it sucks because it's scary. It's uncomfortable. But God is stretching my faith right now. And right now I believe that God is calling some of you to face those scars, to face some of those lies, to face that past.
I'll um I'll shut up with this. Back in 2000, it was uh, Christmas time of 2015, and uh, man, my my addiction was really active between like 2015 and about 2018. Um, I was trying to I was trying to get sober, but it, that that addiction just gripped me, and I was just along for the ride. And I just remember in 2015, it was around Christmas, and um, and I'd ran out of alcohol, and uh, it was past the times. It was Christmas Eve, I think, or something like that. I don't remember. And, uh, and so I go down to the bar that's down the street when I was living in Ohio and, um, and someone ended up roofing me and, and, and I remember waking up in the hospital and not knowing how I got there. And, and there was a kind lady that was at the bar that day that came, came over my house the next day and kind of explained to me what happened. And, um, and just, I just started vomiting everywhere and convulsing. And so they called, they called the ER and, um, and I'll, I'll just kind of end the story there because the rest of it's really not important. But what what is important is that for the next six months, I was going through night terrors, right? Um, whether it was an ambulance would trigger it because I, there were bits and pieces of of the rest of that night. And I was terrified. I was honestly terrified because I'd never been, you know, roofied before, right? It was the first for me. And um, I, was, I was paralyzed the rest of that day. Just I physically couldn't move and I'd have to crawl to the bathroom. And, and I was terrified. I was legit just terrified. I just didn't know what to do. And, um, and I remember like, and I was working for insurance at the time and these certain things would trigger me like an ambulances was one of them. Um, how people said my name was another one because the doctor's name just the, her voice, she had a very thick accent. And so just certain things would trigger me and I'd wake up in a night sweat and I'd wake up, you know, screaming and, um, and so I had these night terrors for about six months. And then finally I just said, and I don't know what it was other than maybe, maybe just God doing for me at that time. But, um, I went back to that night and I replayed what could have happened, what didn't happen and what did happen. Yeah, or I think I just said that, but I replayed in my mind the events of that night and what had happened, um, who am pretty sure I knew who did it, whatever. So like I walked through that night in my mind, I stopped being afraid of it. And then the night terror stopped. I was no longer trying to block it. And I finally just walked through it and realized like, I'm safe. I'm okay. And there's times even now, and, I, and I'm getting uh, you know, emotional just thinking about it. There's times now I have to remind myself, I'm safe. I'm okay. Because a lot of stuff has happened in my life. And that's okay because what man meant for evil, God can take for good. And sometimes that what man meant for evil, sometimes I was that person to myself and I'm sure to other people. But I know that in the hands of God, that God can do anything. So when we're talking about letting go and letting God, it is a matter of saying, not my will, but yours be done, but saying, God, I don't know how to face this insecurity. But when you catch yourself living in that same trauma, that same hurt, that same wound over that thing you cannot change, God is saying, I need you to start declaring something different over your life today. Whether that's I am enough, whether that is that it just, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. Because I believe right now God's speaking that to your heart. And I want you guys to know that no matter what, at the end of the day that you are loved, you are here on purpose for a purpose. For a long time, I did not believe that I thought I had to measure up to some crazy ideal that the world had set before me. And I don't, and you don't. 
because who you are right now in this moment, whether you're addicted, whether you're not, whether you're in recovery, whether you're basking in your pride, whether you're cheating on your spouse, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. You are loved with who you are and who God made you to be. And my heart and my prayer, and I'll say a quick prayer and, and we'll end. But my prayer for you today is that you can get strength from those scars. And we get strength from those scars when we hand them over to God and we just let go a little bit at a time. And a lot of times it's going to look like a tug of war. Give it back, give it back, give it back. And God's saying, <laughs> he's not going to yank it from your hands, but he'll, he'll, go, he'll go toe-to-toe for, with you. Um, but he's patient. Not one time this week has God berated me and said, you crazy, stupid piece of, how could you not trust me after? God's never done that to me. He's never spoken to me that way. God loves you and he loves me. And he knows that I'm scared, but he knows that I'm doing it afraid. And he says, I can do something with that. What he can't do is when we sit there and we're comfortable with it. And if you're comfortable with it, and at least you see it, that's a start. That's a start. So God, I just invite you into this rainy Thursday over here in Fort Worth, Texas. And I just invite you into, those, into our scars. God, our scars sometimes are ugly and we don't want to look at them. And oftentimes we want to stay stuck and we just want to live there. And so, Father, right now I pray for whomever is listening to this, God, that is comfortable with their scars. They're comfortable with that, that title and that status quo of, of that diagnosis or whatever it is, God, that we are willing to lay that down. Lord, I pray over those, those wounds and over those memories, Lord, whether it was not being there for a mom with cancer or whether, you know, not being able to attend a funeral or whatever it is that, that bugs us so much that we carry that weight with us, Father. God, I pray that you help us to walk through that pain. And that you, you take those things that are binding us, Lord. And that when we're able to walk out of that fire, we come out of there afresh and anew with a new spirit, Lord. And God, may we, just, may we just cling to you today. May we just cling on to those two words of I am. Because God, you are the great I am. And so Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for creating us. I pray that you guide our steps and you go before us, Lord. I pray that whatever is binding us, Father, that you ignite with your Holy Spirit and you burn that off of us. Lord, may we be open and willing, Lord, to do those things. Father, I love you and I thank you so much just for this podcast. And I just pray for whomever listens to it. If it's just that one, God, that you meet them right where they're at. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you guys really do have the best day ever. Happy Friday and uh, let's go move some mountains.